Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome Sara Alhamid to the Mellow Compass podcast. Sara is paralegal and business affairs manager at AIM, the Association of Independent Music. She also runs her own record label, Rika Musica, a label championing artists from the Balkan region and has a radio show on Soho Radio. Sara was born in Iraq, growing up in Croatia and now settled in the UK, and she often talks openly about racism she has experienced in her life. Sara has recently joined Moving the Needle, an organisation supporting women in the music industry, on their advisory board. In 2020, Sara was also recognised as a rising star by Music Week. We are so, so excited to see what Sara does next, and we really hope you enjoy this very open and powerful conversation. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mellow Compass podcast, Sarah. How are you this morning? Oh, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, I am very well. We had a great conference yesterday. Still a bit excited. Yeah, very excited. We will get onto that. There's so much to talk about. But first, we'll hit you with some warm-up questions, which we always do at the beginning of our podcast to kind of get to know the person kind of outside of the professional you. So you found your way into music quite organically, starting with your grandma teaching you singing. Do you think she was the reason that you were inspired to start a career in music? And I love that story. Like our families are so important when we're growing up and they have such an influence. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I, lo- I love my grandma. Um, she's my, you know, she's my universe. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> did she inspire me to start a career in music? I would actually say quite the opposite. <laughs> uh, my family was uh, very you know, uh, very uh, traditional in that sense that there are only two careers one can pursue. That is medicine and that is law, obviously. Uh, with, with my brother, he went into tech. They didn't understand it in the beginning, but then they were happy with it. When I basically came with the idea of pursuing a career in music, it was a bit of a, so what exactly are you doing? What do you mean you're going to be out until 5 a.m. every weekend? <laughs> What's happening? But yeah, uh, I wouldn't say inspired, but I did love growing up. And it was uh, what, it, what it did do is, is kind of um, uh, made it easier for me to communicate with the world. Because basically what we would do is uh, sing about the things that we are seeing around ourselves. It's something that my grandma loved doing and that kind of storytelling. And we were constantly sharing stories. You know, we would make them up on the spot, basically, and then just kind of roll them out it was a very very creative uh, thing to do because you know we didn't have 
I don't know, TV or something like that. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, you had to entertain yourself different ways <laughs> without screens. Yeah, a very different way of growing up. And um, on, on that, so you were born in Iraq, uh, grew up in Croatia and then studied in Estonia. Um, and now you're located in the UK. So spending so much time in different countries may have influenced your taste of music. Would you say that that is a correct kind of assumption? Yeah, I mean, definitely. With my own label, one of the things that I uh, love doing is researching cultures and how they mix in the in the musical expression of artists. And I love traveling a lot, but for me, it's literally about living somewhere else. Because if you say somewhere for a couple of weeks, you can't really get to know the people you can't really get to know the way they they think they act but once you spend a bit more time with them you realize uh how their cultures are completely you know different and how they're reflected of the histories that that went with it and in music that is particularly obvious so you can you can like a lot of countries that are freshly out of the conflict uh they tend to have a big you know, mainstream pop uh, that is very strange sounding. Um, and, and, you know, they, they connect through that. So, I mean, people would say low quality music, but I don't really, I don't like using those kind of, um, those kind of descriptions because they're just, you know, they're a reflection of an experience and, you know, you might not like the experience, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, in short, definitely, definitely. They influenced me a lot and uh, I like, uh, I like that historical element in the music and that, that's the thing that inspires me most. And that is something that you have brought into your label, Rika Musica, as well, isn't it? Yeah. So with my business partner, um, Mark, uh, what we are currently working on is a project that we basically decided to drill down into our uh, individual heritage. So he's looking into his Jewish side. I'm looking into my Arab side. And we're kind of mixing those Jewish and Arab influences in Mediterranean music because... Um, like Croatia is a big, big chunk of it is Mediterranean. It's a Mediterranean country. Um, so we're kind of drilling into that, into the history behind it. What was happening there? How did all this come together? And we're doing all of that through the next project we're preparing for next year. Oh, amazing. Which three artists or songwriters are you excited about at the moment? And these could be on your label or just generally people who you're listening to and who you've been exposed to recently. Well, I mean, I won't mention the artists from my label. I will not be biased. I will say there is one uh, singer songwriter that really blew me away but for a variety of reasons. So um, her artist name is Cleo Soul. She has a new song with um, Little Sims and she wrote actually a lot of songs from Little Sims, including that late, latest one, um, Women, uh, co-wrote. But the thing that kind of got to me is her mom has Serbian roots. So it, it really kind of, um, you know, I'm seeing more and more people from the Balkans reaching those kind of um, heights. Like another person that I know um, has a song, you know, resung by um, Mochiba, which is absolutely, you know, phenomenal. And it, it's kind of showing that uh, that thing that I'm trying to achieve where Balkan is not really like a one-sided thing. But yeah, with Cleo in particular, like she does her own production distribution, she represents herself. And I'm just like, I was blown away kind of reading up, uh, on her. So she's definitely the first place. Uh, the other two, I would say... Um, Damir Imamovic, uh, who just won the Best of Europe award from so Songlines. He's a Bosnian um, artist. He does uh, music is called Sevdah. So, but yeah, this, not to go too much into details, but Damir is simply incredible and he really sings that history. 
And the third one is completely different than the first two. It's Andy Deggs. Uh, he's a drum and bass producer, songwriter, everything basically. He has his own radio show, but is just so charming and so strong and so down to earth and so incredibly talented and plays so many instruments. And I just kind of, I always get blown away by people can, that can, you know, do all sorts of things. Yeah, that's incredible. Your pronunciation is so beautiful as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying with my English, so, you know, <laughs> to make people understand me. <laughs> So as we're as we're on, you know, talking about music, let's um, begin with talking about your your label, Rika Musica, which you've said just now, you know, it was formed in 2019 uh, with your business partner and it champions artists from the Balkan area. I think I'm right in saying that it's an innovative global jazz project as well, mm. which nurtures and celebrates um, the unique and Slavic musical culture. And I remember when we, you know, when we spoke before, you were talking about, you know, all of these artists, like they tell a story with their music. Um, so tell us a little bit about how the label came to be, because this is something that you do alongside your day job. Yeah, with uh, Rika. So as you say, it's all about kind of those those stories. Um, we, we started it with the idea of Balkan uh, artists, like modern uh, Balkan music, Balkan beats. And that is uh, the, the main ingredient of the label, and it will likely likely to remain. But one thing that we noticed is... Um, so all of the artists on the label, they tend to travel a lot and they tend to visit various uh, songwriting camps and just start new projects with people from other countries. So we had a very big um, success some, for a label of our size that was literally like one year old with a collective called Chant Electronique. They're main, mainly French based, but not all of them. So one of them was from uh, Argentina. Then we had uh, Portugal there also Ireland, um, Bosnia, Croatia. And it was all about taking that story, taking that traditional music and producing it electronically. So producing the emotion behind that music. Wow. Um, and we, we were, I mean, the quieters, they had a very big feature on us and included us on the top, uh, top 50 tracks of 2020 which was an amazing achievement for us. We kind of played, you know, all the biggest stations. It was, it was a really successful project. And that's where Mark and I kind of sat down and realized, like, I think we have something here <laughs> because it, it kind of, it's not, it's not just about the music, you know, we're not selling music. What we are doing is introducing people to cultures because like we had a big success with that album in particular in San Francisco and um, you know a, a person from a radio station there you know we exchanged multiple emails where he's just being you know overtaken by joy because someone is drilling down into that Latin American history because as I said like we had the Argentinian Kelena leading on that part and you know taking that tradition and you know stretching it through a variety of electronics and experimental music but in a way that it really it really makes you feel what the sentiment of the song is even though you don't necessarily understand what the lyrics are about and that really like that that, that blew us away but yeah the label in itself it does focus mainly on the Balkans but is very much about I would say the rest of the world although we work with artists in the, in the west but so far it's 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 very important for us to have an element of another culture like through that uh, interwoven because we're all about that that intersectionality of uh, of experiences yeah absolutely and it sounds like you know 
having lived in various countries, you know, you talk about like really living with the culture, like all of that is super like self-expressed within the artists that you that you work with on this label. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I kind of tend to use the word art uh, instead of, uh, you know, music, because it's not just about music, because everything every segment like for example with mimica orchestra a big part of it so not only that it takes approximately three four years that mark researches actually the music and then he starts composing and writing it but it's also down to the fact that they are dressed in a very particular way so fashion plays a significant role in in that whole thing and they carry quite a lot of meaning in the way that they are presented because they are presenting histories and it's about those stories and that's kind of it kind of it goes a bit beyond the music itself it really drills down into the cultural aspect for anybody you know who is wanting to set up their own record label like is there anything that you've learned particularly that you would want to offer to our listeners who may be thinking of doing that or who maybe you know work for an independent label now one thing that definitely if you're looking to start a label uh, you need to kind of prepare yourself on a lot of things that uh, are not fun you know they're not remotely creative um, <laughs> I got taken away by the amount of like accounting I had to learn because it's a company so you need to know your you know you need to know your invoices billing how does it all work how does it come together you know it's like you need to actually have quite a lot of accountancy knowledge and guess what it's not something that they teach you in school you know it's not skills that you would normally have and I actually struggled quite a lot to find people that can help me wrap my head around it then I luckily found my uh, accountant who, who happily had Zoom meetings with me explaining to me the difference between, you know, accounts receivable and the, I don't know, it's, I guess, yeah, prepare yourself. There's a lot of admin and it's really important. It's really, really important. Is the team more than you and Mark or is it just you and Mark? We have Jao. Uh, Jao is our um, graphic designer and she does um, all of our like visuals and stuff. Like we commissioned... Um, the, the the design itself so usually it's some some piece of artwork like currently we're working very closely with a berlin-based um painter called shumsky even shumsky and he did our design for the release that we're uh, preparing for 25th of this month by cosmodrum so it's like this psychedelic uh, you know it's gonna be like a vinyl and it's all yeah hand painted and stuff but it's really it's really cool but Jao basically takes that and then she like adjusts adjusts stuff so she's kind of vital in the team because I have no idea about you know video editing or, or graphic design or anything like that and because we have all those radio shows everything needs to have like an asset you can share uh, so she does all of that and I also have an assistant to help me out with preparing like doing the research and doing like that grunt work so that's Stefan and he works quite closely with me on the on the label side of things and covering quite a broad spectrum of stuff and we also have a person that does the PR okay that's Igor so it's, it's a slightly larger team but we're all in it because we literally believe <laughs> believe in the idea of it which is it was kind of my, my hope that 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 will kind of, that will happen we, we genuinely we genuinely believe in what we are doing so I'm, I'm very proud and happy of the of the team that, that we currently have. It's a small one, but very efficient. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But when you're creating a team, you, everybody has to believe in in the cause for what you're in. Otherwise, it's like it just unravels. Definitely. Definitely. Especially like in that very beginning, that core really needs to 
they need to believe in it because you know the the financial elements unfortunately are <laughs> very very stretched uh, so yeah you, you have to do it for the love of doing it otherwise there's no point yeah absolutely so coming on to your the work that you do at aim so yesterday fresh off the press future independence a new educational scheme from aim was launched and you were very much involved within this also moderating a panel on the day called roots to release with three others uh, simon from absolute label services yazin from hq recordings and maya from stone throws label so tell us a bit about future independence who is it for why is it amazing and why do people need to know about it? Future Independence is a brand new conference where we are trying to enable access uh, to um, knowledge and to, to, to share that, that significant amount of knowledge that is within the independent community, within AIM community. And we want to open the doors for so um, many people that don't necessarily have it easily accessible. So it's about leveling the playing field. One of the things that we are doing uh, is launching a brand new membership tier called Associate Membership. Mm -hmm. And uh, so all the clients of our uh, distributors will become, if, if they decide to uh, sign up to it, will become a part of our Associate Membership Scheme. And that can be anyone from, uh, you know, a label, a manager, an artist, whatever it is, as long as you're distributed by an AIM distributor, you become a member. And this conference is very much related to that. So it's for everyone that is using distribution, um, which is basically everyone in the industry. So mm. uh, it's like a, it's, it works like a knowledge hub. And through that associate membership scheme, we're also going to offer a lot of our resources to everyone and we're gonna we literally aim to create a knowledge hub uh, because you know knowledge shouldn't be uh, reserved for the few and um, for me personally it's like um, one of the things that I found in my career quite tricky uh, Google tends to behave differently in different countries so when I'm googling stuff in Croatia I'm not receiving the results and I try to explain you know people you know even if i google you know music copyright uh, sync publishing my first article is still going to be you know a new site in croatia from uh, 50 years ago that has literally anything to do with it it's, mm. it's, it's like it's kind of it's problematic but with this kind of approach that we're trying to build with aim we're kind of going directly to people through their distributors because no matter where in the world you are if you're looking to deliver your music to the various platforms, you know that you need to distribute it. And that kind of forms that pathway into the lives of people that actually care about this, that want to build their career in this. And it's about opening the industry doors and making everything much more accessible so it's not so centralised. That's so important. Is this associate membership level, is that free, free of charge um, for people who are members on it? Yeah. Yes, yes. The, as I said, the only thing, uh, so the, the, the person signing up, they need to be um, distributed by an AIM distributor member who is signed up. Yeah, so, uh, and then they receive access. Got it. So now that the conference has 
finished yesterday, what are the next steps for people to kind of come to you? I imagine it's, you know, having now the access to this knowledge hub. Are you planning anything else to kind of get these members together and kind of network with one another over the next couple of months? We have regular networking events and we have regular like conferences. Currently, we are preparing for our biggest one of the year, which is the AIM Awards coming up on 25th of August. And uh, for the time being, everything is going to remain very much online. So if anyone wants to, you know, get in touch and see what exactly is happening and because we also have these AIM academies, which are very targeted towards particular areas, um, they can literally follow uh, AIM Instagram or um, you know, uh, aim.org.uk on, on the website, Facebook. We're very active on Twitter. So it's like as long as you as long as you follow any of the platforms, you will be in the loop. Mm. And we have events really on a, I mean, I would say even a weekly basis. We're regularly uh, putting stuff out. Yeah, I've I've been to many of your of your conferences, and it's always great to be networking with people within the indie sector. So, other than you know working on future independence, tell us a little bit about the type of projects that you work on as a paralegal and business affairs manager. So, some of them are more internally focused, some of them are more externally focused. But uh, so, for example, when I was writing the Brexit business guidance to help members navigate through all of those problems, or, or when I was um, setting up a small label committee to really ensure that, you know, that they kind of have that, um, that have that their voice within our community because they do form such a big part of our membership. Those projects were very externally focused because I would need to uh, talk to experts, uh, talk to people that are you know, doing it on the field. So for Brexit guidance, it was all about understanding where the problems are so that uh, then I could potentially research the solution. But that is always the first step, understanding where the problems are. Same with the small labels. I, um, that committee was uh, initiated by Eva Green from uh, Blackacre. And she is also a member of the AIM board. So I worked very closely with um, Eva and trying to see what kind of members we want there and then drill down into our membership and find the appropriate uh, characters for launching that committee. So it was very, you know, it was very externally focused. But at the same time, you know, I always, uh, you know, I always chat to Jude, who's our membership manager, and to G, who uh, is our uh, chief operating officer. So we have our three-way meetings and kind of, kind of like discuss everything and share everything and, you know, give each other input. So that, that part is always kind of crucial, I would say, in everything that we do, because we need to be in the loop and in touch with each other. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Some of the other things that are more internally focused are, for example, the AIM Awards. So the work that I do around the AIM Awards comes down to organizing the team. So it's very internally focused. So I would organize the events team and then Callum is our friend of AIM manager. He does all of the partnerships. So all the conversations with sponsors. And then, you know, I would liaise with him um, because contracts are kind of in the core of it all in the beginning, in that initial stage, because until something is signed, you can't action on it. That kind of uh, means currently June is for me the most difficult and the most hectic period ahead of the AIM Awards, because, uh, you know, there all the clearances need to be done within this uh, slot. Everything needs to be delivered so that the events team can take it forward. So and then, you know, obviously that kind of rounds up to the invoicing part, because as you know, uh, everything kind of comes down to money so it's also li- liaising very closely with with bob and then yeah once that whole thing is done then it's being handed over to the membership team to build a successful event alongside the events team so it's it's about that kind of team coordination and making sure that everyone is on time and delivering everything that needs to be delivered so that because as soon as someone's late you kind of uh, you can't move forward until that problem is resolved so everything kind of needs to go one after the other. It's it's a very particular process. So yeah, that, that is another thing that I'm doing. This is great because it sounds, you know, everything that you do at AIM really complements, you know, everything that you do at Rika Musica. And yeah, there's a lot of like obviously events. And then yesterday being on the panel, you were talking about Roots to Release. So that's something that, you know, is definitely, you know, related to uh, Rika Musica as well. Do you find that, you know, we talk a lot about the hustle culture in music. Um, how do you manage Rika alongside AIM? Oh, uh, I mean, I won't lie. It, it, it can get, you know, quite uh, draining at the time when, you know, AIM has a big project and AIM is always a priority because that is my full-time job. So I can't, you know, with AIM, I can't, I can't risk something not being delivered because you don't have that privilege, even more when you have a side hustle that everyone knows about. So that puts that puts the even higher. So not only that you need to deliver, it needs to be perfect and it needs to be on time. So yeah, sometimes it does get a bit, you know, when on Rika, I have a very big release like I have now in, in June because everything's happening in June. Um, it's funny how life tends to, you know, everything always happens at once and then you have, you know, periods of silence, but that, that at least enables me to recuperate. 
But yeah, I, I kind of uh, tend to do Rika over the weekends. That's where, where I do uh, the creative, you know, the work that, that involves uh, strategic planning and setting things up. And then basically during the week, I just uh, make sure that I am uh, on top of my email, emails because, you know, they need to be replied quickly. But um, outside of that, it's like it is manageable. It is manageable because so far we are, uh, you know, we're not a, a big successful label just yet. We're getting there. But also at the same time, I have, uh, you know, I'm not alone in it. So yeah. a lot of the things I can just ask Ivan to do or, you know, Jao prepares a bunch of stuff. That's why it's like for me, it's just very important that that Saturday I sit down and do my like, you know, usually like if it's busy, it can be even 12 hours, but it's really, you know, I sit down and I just prepare everything. And then during the week, I don't have to worry. And then during the week, I just go on with AIM. But one of the things that I will say is that it's, it is draining and it's, but it's very, very, very important to be mentally uh, prepared for that. Mm. Do, I, I would never say to anyone uh, to start a side hustle and see how it goes. No, don't do it. Like if you if you plan on starting any kind of side hustle, make sure that you are very clear that your social life is going to be slightly reduced. It's going to be a bit more modest because you yeah. can't just you know you know you can't just try and then and then give up, especially when other people are involved. Because you know it's like I represent artists. I can't just oh, I'm tired today. I don't feel like doing this. No, (laughs) but you have to do it because people are depending on you. Yeah, you're accountable for them. But I think also when you are working with others that that keeps you in action because you're not just relying on yourself and you know that if you don't do something at that time when you said you're going to do it, then it's going to have an impact. Yeah, definitely. And also additionally, like uh, an additional bonus for me is uh, because of Rika, I can do my aim work much, much more better, I would say, because for a lot of things, like, for example, when I was writing the VAT advice for aim in the light of Brexit, I'm going through that, like, you know, on the ground with my label, because I'm trying to figure out what it is that I actually need to do with my label so I don't end up in prison. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... uh, and that was kind of that was really useful for AIM too. So there is a lot of overlap because it's it's very compatible. Uh, Rika enables me to understand what our members are doing, our rights holder members, and how everything works, how everything functions. And then on the panel that you mentioned, a lot of those questions that I asked them, they are questions that I asked myself when I was deciding how to distribute Rika and how to how to release my music, basically, how to get it out there. Yeah, I I thought that might be the case. <laughs> So another thing that is new and really exciting is you've recently joined the advisory board for Moving the Needle, which is an organization supporting women in the music industry. Um, And you do talk very openly about racism that you've experienced in your life. I'm curious, what else do you think that we can be doing to drive this conversation of diversity inclusion across the music industry? It is it's it's a big topic at the moment. And so it should be. And, you know, the more people that are involved, the more that's going to really happen. Um, So tell us a little bit about, you know, what it means to be on the advisory board um, and uh, what else you think can be done within music first with the moving the needle uh i i mean i i love that uh whole initiative i know karen i know shifra jenny and sylvia and sylvia is sylvia montello who founded the moving the needle 
she is literally a person that uh, helps me out so much with her knowledge, her experience, her expertise, her advice. She helped me guide through so many difficult situations because the problems that a person like me faces are much more different than problems that someone who is maybe a second generation immigrant or a third or a fourth or a fifth generation immigrant faces. Because like, you know, I, I kind of, um, I have very specific problems that are, you know, a lot of them are literally administrative uh, because, you know, I was born in Iraq. So I kind of, I am kind of being, I'm, I'm kind of used to being an immigrant everywhere I went because, you know, you never fully belong anywhere. And I always laugh once I, you know, once I get my citizenship here sorted, no one will even know who I am anymore because you can't really put me in any kind of box because I just move around too much and I spend time in different places. But to get back to your question, when Moving the Needle asked me to join their advisory board, I, uh, I felt uh, honored and obliged to say yes, because to be a woman is, <laughs> it was, it was a big problem in one segment of my life because mm. obviously being a, a Iraqi, being um, you know someone who had to go through a variety of um, Muslim, uh, uh, you know how how I was raised and you know things that I w that were expected of me that I just couldn't, I couldn't take them on, you know. And then on the other hand, you had that whole pressure on the on the Croatian side where after the war everything kind of took a turn and everything had to be Croatian Catholic mm. and you know and it's like it was like religion really played such a big negative influence in my life that it really took me years and years and years to kind of come to this stage now where I am you know it's not religion that's the problem it's the people Mm. And it's the same with racism, because why I always say for myself that I'm Arab, even though my mom is uh, Yugoslavian, my mom is from the Balkans, she's a fierce, fierce woman, you know, you don't mess around with her. And, but, you know, the reason I always say that I'm Arab is that when, it's because pe when people see me, I don't, I don't, I've never ever in my life heard someone say to me that I'm Croatian until the moment I moved into the UK. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm Croatian? It was kind of, it was kind of a, a funny thing. And then, you know, living in the UK and trying to wrap my head around everything that was happening in this recent years, I'm always that odd person looking from the outside in. Mm. You know, racism exists. Racism is very real, is all over the place. Mm. It's very much different. You know, it's different here in England and it's different in London in particular. Because, you know, for London, I don't, uh, it's like, I'm an Iraqi immigrant in London running my own record label, and I'm a woman. <laughs> it's like, but that's the thing, that's why where people like Sylvia Montello, for example, she was my, you know, she, she's my champion. You, you kind of need to find th those connections there will always be mean evil people around you that want to see you hurt that want to put you down but you just need to find you you know you need to find find someone who is willing to help you pick you up and you know put you back on track and that that was for me you know I found that in Sylvia in particular and it, it was you know when now I joined the advisory board now I have this kind of 
it was something that I always had in, in the back of my mind is like, once I finally get where I want to be, I'm not quite there yet. Mm. I have a few things that I need to, for my own sanity, do first. But once I am there, uh, my responsibility, my main responsibility is, uh, you know, to send the elevator back down. And yeah. I really want to make sure that people who are facing the very particular problems that I face, uh, I want to make sure that they have someone to rely on that ha- can help them the way that Sylvia helped me, because it's just, you know, it's important, you know, it's not just about the career, because it's like, I don't know, it's like we're working in music, so people tend to talk a lot about racism, like reducing racism in music, la la la, you know, it's like (laughs) being, being discriminated is, well, is a lifestyle, (laughs) it's like, I don't stop being discriminated just because, you know, I, I, I finished my nine to five. It, it's, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's like, and people have trouble understanding that. And sometimes, you know, the only thing that you kind of need is, you know, you need someone to be your, your, your rock. And that is kind of the most important. And I'm kind of hoping that through, uh, you know, through moving the needle and through all those initiatives, I can just, I can just be the voice because it's like when it comes to expertise, when it comes to knowledge, I, I really, you know, all of those women that started that organization, I have nothing to give them. <laughs> I have only to, to learn from them. But, you know, at the same time, because of my very particular experience, I feel that I can um, make sure that people kind of uh, look things through, you know, they do the full, full circle so that they kind of, you know, understand that it's, it, it's, it's not just about giving someone a book to read or giving them, you know, a scholarship. It's not about that because the, the, the struggles uh, of, you know, being belittled your whole life, they come in a much larger package. So it, 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 it's about it's about just you know changing the world basically <laughs> yeah changing the world and talking about it and sharing about your experiences so that other people can go oh yeah it's not just me I think yeah. there's you know there's a real comfort in um hearing someone else's story and knowing that you're not alone because yeah because we're all in it together exactly exactly like when uh, with Rika in particular, like uh, Rika, so my assistant, uh, he's very open about his uh, cerebral palsy. And we started talking about, and we, you know, and he said to me, I'm so happy that I finally can have this conversation with someone because I'm tired of explaining to people that I have invisible barriers that I need to cope with that they just don't want to acknowledge that they exist. I mean, I mean, after 2020, I think that people are now finally at least clear. Yes, there are invisible barriers that if, you know, if you don't come in a particular look, in a particular appearance, with a particular name, with a particular accent, you, you won't experience, you know. And that, that's it. It's just, it's just the, the reality of things. And we can, you know, we can think of pamphlets and procedures, but until we really, you know, raise our kids in the right spirit and educate and you know kind of I don't know I guess make various cultures more approachable so that not everything is so segregated and closed yeah absolutely that's the only way forward but you know it will take time it will take time but I 
I am optimistic because I think that there was a very big change and I'm really happy for the you know entire black community for everything that they achieved um, over the past year, making sure that their struggles are heard because it was about time. It was about time. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to see that, that there has been some progress made there. Of course, a lot of work to do and that will remain to be the case, but it, it's, it's very, you know, it's very inspiring because it, it like, it, it kind of shows me that, okay, maybe eventually my struggles will also be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a global, it's a global, um, I was going to say a global pandemic, but it's, um, <laughs> it's a global conversation. And one thing, um, you know, talking about invisible um, impairments at the Future Independence Conference yesterday, it was um, it, everybody in the in the panels was visually describing themselves, weren't mm-hmm. they? So so yeah. that was like for the benefit of the blind and the visually impaired, which I've I've personally not seen before. Yes, it was uh, it was new to me too. Um, so Jude, um, uh, our membership manager at AIM. Um, so Jude is very very active in um, all the sports like uh, diversity and inclusion, equity. She's leading on a lot of things for AIM in that sense. And uh, one of the things that she represented us ahead of the conference was a was a guide, and it's uh, you know, it's it's all about because we receive so much information visually, we are we tend to underestimate the amount of input we get that way. You know, it's like from the position of the body and how the person like looks. There's a there's a whole story that we receive through our eyes that people who can't see. Uh, they they don't they they don't they don't get it you know they're being denied uh, a massive chunk of it and this is um, this self description is all about that just to give them more information so that they can enjoy an event or a conference in our case that they feel included that you know because why why should they have a lesser experience and it's like I I think I think it's a, it's a good thing obviously you know there are now you know, will you say your gender, your ethnicity, your this and that? And like, yeah, I mean, for some people that might be a bit, you know, awkward. Not everyone wants to wants to um, talk about that, but I don't even think it's relevant. Like it's it's just about painting the picture. So it's like, you know, how do you look visually? That's about it. That brings us back round nicely to kind of the beginning of painting a picture and creating a story. Um, so to round off, uh, What's the what's the one thing that you have really learned in your career that you would want our listeners to take away? One thing is, you know, don't let the bastards grind you down. That's the one Love thing. Love it. <laughs> keep going. Literally, when the going gets tough, the tough keep going, and that's it. And just don't 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 let it get you down because they will try. They will try, and just don't let it. Yeah, just show them what's the best advice anyone has ever given you well it's actually something that I've read um so um how how did it go uh the first step towards success is to stop being a captive of the environment in which you find yourself that was for me very fierce because like as I as I said my environment so it was yeah I you know I, I had 
two wars in my life, which in itself tells a story. And I come from a, you know, a very challenging socioeconomic background. And it was really difficult for me. I started working when I was 14. So it was, I had, I didn't have an easy journey, but I saw this and it was, it was like such a silly thing. I saw it on Instagram and you know how people post a bunch of inspirational quotes that I always make fun of. And, uh, but this one in particular, I don't know, it kind of stuck in my mind because it was like, yeah, you know what? I may have been born here. I may have had it really tough, but I'm not going to let it define me. I'm not going to let it tell me what I can and can't do. And it was basically kind of did inspire me to just roll the dice and see what happens. And it, it, it eventually led to me uh, moving into, into London, into the UK. Don't care. <laughs> it's like, you think money is relevant? Disagree. You think that, you know, the fact that I look like this, I can't, uh, I don't know, I can't be a lawyer because my hair needs to be neater. Well, let's have that conversation again. You know, it's about that. Just challenging. I love that. That very, very powerful ending. Um, and finally, if listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? Oh, just about everywhere. Uh, not active on TikTok. <laughs> but I, I have Instagram, uh, Facebook, Bandcamp. You have Rika Musica and you have me, Damala. You can also email me at sara at rikamusica.com or sara at aim.org.uk, depending on what you want to do. But uh, yeah just you know google my name and i'm sure google will give you all the contact details you could possibly need <laughs> just maybe not when you're in a different country <laughs> other things may come up other google things. has to true. work on that true very very true <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you thank you that was such a powerful conversation dara thank you for having me The Mellow Compass podcast is produced by the wonderful Rosie Bennett. To keep updated on the latest episodes, hit like and subscribe and we'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.